I almost sounded like Dean Everson was going to get rolled over by a Zamboni there. The little, uh, the background interview on that. Good to have you on board. Uh, today it is a Wednesday edition, the Jack Michaels Show, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson, and then pew, we'll all split in separate ways uh, one way. Derek's about to board a plane for Frisco, Texas. I'm about to join a board a bus for South Dakota. Brad's Brad's here, and then we'll eventually be at some gym in the next couple of days. Yes, so yeah, a couple gyms. Week, right? couple I don't gyms, have right? very far to go, though, this week, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> Less on that. Castleton and West Fargo. I can oh, handle excellent. that. excellent. Yeah, we'll get into your game. a nice game last night. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I was over at South. There was a nice benefit. Money raised for Ross Olson, plus uh, South and Shanley were going toe-to-toe. As I mentioned, D's on the road. Uh, some of the cuts you heard, a little bit of K.J. Osborne there in the montage, saying about the receivers, uh, got to be you know, a little bit better, this, that, and another thing, and be effective. Uh, you heard some of the play-by-play highlights of North and Davies there in that open. You heard from Spencer Wagey on the old uh, adage of, you know, normally in a playoff format where, you know, there are multiple divisions within a, a, a league, you get to a title game in a tournament format, and oftentimes it's set up where you – uh, probably going to face someone maybe from a different division, different conference, uh, and uh, not the case this year. So he had been asking Spencer about whether you're playing someone that you're familiar with versus someone that you're not as familiar with. And <laughs> Sunday, there are no secrets in Sunday's game. It's like, we're going to do this. Spence, especially for Spencer because he's from right. Watertown. And that's a great story, you know, growing up probably at Jack's. I found out this weekend that Cousins on my in-law's side, uh, his wife is, I think, related to Spencer Wagey. Oh, really? Yes. Guys, have you ever talked to Spencer? I said, oh, yeah, a couple times. There are some, and in, in you don't have to dig, go too far to dig, and in, in, in if you've been listening to the fan or KFGO, you hear some of those bites and some of the stories, and Derek will resurrect, I'm sure, some this week when uh, tomorrow's show and Friday's Jack Michael's show with Derek Hansen's show, I should say, from and, and Brad. Uh, like like Chad Stark, well, my buddy Chad Stark. Yeah. His uh, is it his nephew was married to John Stigelmeyer's daughter or something? Something along some his, connection. His there, niece yeah. is married to his son. I think it's the nephew married to the daughter or other. But you know, here's a diehard Bison former standout, you know, player. And now all of a sudden, you've got some family ties that that there are in there. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of different um, a lot of different things there. On the docket today, speaking of Derek, uh, I, 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 Brad, you had a game last night. I had a public address game last night at South. So I missed your conversation, but I'm not going to today because we're going to hear it today. Uh, and, and you can, I guess, tease it for us, Derek. But Ryan O'Halloran, a local young, local yep. man that has been in the NFL covering National Football League, correct? That's right. Well, we first got to know him when he was covering Kansas State under Bill Snyder when they were making the national championship run and got upset by Texas A&M in the Big 12 championship game. He's working for the Mercury Star, and, and now he's uh, a Manhattan star. And then now he went to be the beat writer for the Jaguars for a while, and then okay. went to the Denver Post and just left in the middle of the season here to become a beat writer for the Bills for the Buffalo News. So he was at the game on Monday night when all this went down. So it's a, it's a pretty insightful look on what he's dealing with, and obviously a team he covers, so he's got to know the players a little bit. and. Obviously knows uh, you know, the emotions that they are probably going through, watching their teammate go through what he did on a Monday night. On Amazing! The field. I caught pieces of it, yeah. and and you're going to hear it today uh, on the show in the second half hour. I think there's a lot of insightful, a lot of uh, stuff that you two uh, went back and forth on. Not the very least of being, where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, get Ryan's thoughts on, on you know, playoff. How do you do all that? So it, it is really good. It was a nice uh, sit-down conversation uh, on Couch Potato Radio with, with Derek Hanson. So you'll hear from Ryan O'Halloran and Derek coming up in our, our second half hour. So a lot going on. Uh, not the also not the very least. Remember when Donovan Mitchell poured in seventy-one the other night? Yes. You see his tweet. What happened the next day or right after the game? Performance-enhancing drug tests. You know oh, the wow. NBA. Uh-oh. They do they do random tests, yes. right? So he goes off for seventy-one. And the random test, the NBA decides, oh, we're going to drug test Donovan Mitchell. So he, <laughs> he goes on Twitter. Did he pass? He goes, his Twitter, his tweet last night was, and, like, A-N-D-D-D-D-D-D. <laughs> and just like that, we are drug tested this morning <laughs> with all these smiley faces and laughs yep. and tears, things yep. like that. So, yep, uh, that's, that's fantastic. Robin Lopez tweets, I'm going to get it out of the way and point out that Donovan Mitchell and Robin Lopez combined for 72 tonight. He had 71 and Robin had, had one. That's yeah. <laughs> a good stuff. So they're testing Giannis then after 55 yeah, are they, are last they te- night. Are they testing Giannis? That's right, for 55. But I thought that was uh, yeah. intriguing. A little bit the, of uh, breaking news here. Uh, the Bears have ruled Justin Fields out for Sunday's game against the Vikings. Nathan Peterman will start for the Bears. You know, I just... Huh. This is, PA's right, this is like third exhibition game going on right no now. No doubt. That is going to be, and for people that pay, paid full price to, are going to pay full price to watch that, hope you enjoy it. <laughs> it's what you just said reminded me of the scene in Major League where they're putting guys together to bring into spring training. Yes. Cross him off. Well, this <laughs> like guy's dead. Cross, cross him, him off, off the then. list you know, then. Nathan Peterman, so that's... Uh, that's going so on. So is it going to be Nathan Peterman? Well, the Vikings have a little bit to play for, I guess, you know, at least a win and need some help to get the two seed. But right. I wonder how much even mm. the starters will play. We'll, we'll see our share of Nick Mullins on Sunday. Got a couple things for the text uh, text club today at 35270. 35270 is our text club. If you want to get involved in the program, 237-3767. And uh, we are originating the show from our Gunderson Jewelers studio. OMG, oh my Gundersons, make it easy to say I do with a custom design wedding ring. Gunderson's, Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. A couple things on the, I wrote, I, I was going to say, how do I how do I ask this or state this? Uh, and it's two sentences, two little uh, quirks. One is, and we won. Okay, so then, and, or, and we still won. And the other one is, uh, and we lost the game. So I, those two statements, I was seeing last night, uh, who was it? Was it K-State and Texas? A Big 12 record yesterday in basketball. They combined for 219 points. So I don't know if that fits into the, and we won, like it was surprising, and we still lost the game. Maybe it's Texas going, we scored 103 points and lost the game. Mm-hmm. Or K-State, we gave up 103 points and we won. So I was going over that, and I'm thinking, you know, where does this apply to what game can you recall? And I went back, take, about, for instance, Sacramento State and Incarnate Word. I was going to say about 11 Viking victories <laughs> this year. <laughs> and pick we your, won. Uh, pick your and Viking we victory. Still yes. won the game. So <laughs> we that, were down 32 to nothing at so, halftime. So whatever game that you can remind, just finish it with, and we still won the game, or and we lost, like that. Yeah, I was thinking of the, the Sac State. What, they have 49 first downs, over 700 yards of offense, and lost the game. Yeah. Um, I, I did a little digging on this. 1943 football. Purdue, 11 turnovers against Illinois. 11 turnovers against Illinois. 
the 11 turnovers set a record that still stands today. Uh, but they won the game. Yeah. They beat Illinois 40-21. to 21. 11 turnovers. Didn't South Dakota, speaking of South Dakota State, what was the number a few years ago that they took? Was it seven? It was, it was an, a crooked had, number, wasn't oh, it? They had ten, though. When they ten? Were, they were playing to go. It was against JMU. Yes. And the semifinal. Yeah, they had ten. Right? Ten. It might have been Taryn Christian, I think, was still a quarterback. Ten. Yeah, but it was just a disaster. Uh, but lost the game, so it doesn't fit into this particular call. Well, they ten, ten was they a, ten. They lost to JMU. I think yeah. it was to JMU. This is my this is my favorite one because I just saw a highlight of this pop up on Facebook yesterday again. What do you got? The Dallas Cowboys had ten men on the field. Tony Dorsett ran for ninety nine yards, and they still lost the game. Still <laughs> lost to the Vikings. Runs, runs. Bless Springs your heart. Me. Bless your heart. <laughs> but people forget that they see that. No but, Viking fans. Oh, I'm like, yeah, well, we won the game. We won the game. They did win the game. And people forget that we won the game. Yeah. That's a good. And still lost the game. Yeah. That's a really I, good one. Still one that to me is so puzzling. Um, Science played Rochester in the MCAC final. Okay. 2015. This is when Rochester was doing the air raid offense and they could score from anywhere at any time. They won the they turned it over nine times nine. and still won wow. the game. And still won the game. 45 41. That's unbelievable. That's closing I, I, in on that's, this that's, Purdue. That's one. one of the it's one of the damnedest things I've ever seen in my life. It's why I bring the question up and, and Derek hit it on the head, of course, too, because there's always a little insight in there. You're talking about the Vikings eleven wins of you know and if you can almost finish every one of them yeah, and is. still won the game. We were down by 33 points at halftime and still mm-hmm. won the game. You know, that that's – or we did well, this. Well, the Giants, didn't they get like a special teams something and, and pick six and they still, still lost, lost the, game. the game? I mean – I'm trying to – Against the Vikings? Yeah. There's there's all these things that, you know, because I go back to the Craig Bowl press conference where we start rattling off. If you get a punt block for a touchdown, I, you win like 90% a, of the time. defensive know? score. Yeah. He was always big on the special teams punt yeah. block. Yes, he would so, bring that up. So if you have that, if you get a pick six, you win like 85% of the time. I mean, it's just all these things that are out there mathematically, and I think that could fall into a lot of those things. It's a crazy question because, it, you know, unless, you know, I've, unless you really have been, and Brad and Derek have sharp minds that can go right inside these things and remember, and I've got a you know, pretty good mind that can think of things too, but, but it's a tough question. But if you let your mind go and think about that and still won the game or and lost the game. Yeah. So there's two different ways to phrase this on that. I, I, I'm sure there's baseball ones where, you know, individual to hit, you know, Three home runs. They did da 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 da. Or made sure. now. The Giants didn't have a pick six in that game. They didn't. No, okay. they had uh, something goofy happened that game. They had a though. Daniel Jones touchdown. They had a bunch of field goals. Gano hit three field goals. That's right. And then uh, Saquon Barkley had that twenty-seven yard run that tied it, which set up the. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the Colts maybe with that big lead. Yes. They had a pick six. Right? They, yes, they did. Yeah, that's exactly what you're thinking of. And they kept going for. They kept going for. You know, the Vikings kept going for on fourth down and couldn't get it. Right. The, um, let's see here. We got a text in at 35270. I, I do. Uh, DGF Legion Baseball Team Section Championship 2006. Okay. Pitcher walked 12 batters. We still put up 15 runs in one. <laughs> That's a this great is one. why I asked the question. Uh, well, I, I forget the Florida Marlins uh, combined no hitter. And they walked. Walked. Well, it was an astronomical, not an astronomical, but a, but a more than crooked number walk total and still pitched a no-hitter, that kind of thing. And it wasn't too terribly long ago that that was, but that just that DGF text just tweet, just uh, sparked my brain on that. Yeah. 
Um, well, I think Edwin Jackson, I think, threw a no-hitter and walked nine. Nine, nine is the number that came into my head. I'm pretty sure it's Edwin Jackson. Uh, on that, uh, so there's your te- there's one of your text ones today at thirty five two seventy. You can text in that and still won the game or and lost the game. We scored one hundred four. I-, I was gonna Google Loyola Marymount basketball. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 we gave up one hundred and thirty eight points and still won the game. You Ed- know, Ed- like, Edwin Jackson eight walks, eight walks, hit a guy, hit a guy, one hundred forty nine pitches, no hitter, no hitter. <laughs> How about the Timberwolves playoff game against the? Uh... What, 20, 27 point lead twice? Yeah. And we still <laughs> lost the series. <laughs> just, just ask Charles Barkley. <laughs> There's a method to all of these. this question today, uh, uh, D. I was, I was going in because we're heading to the. By the way, uh, and I'm sure people are wondering okay, okay guys, that, that's good stuff. We're going to chime in with what we think. What's the story with uh, DeMar Hamlin? And, and I think the best we can do here uh, from an updated standpoint on this is that what we learned throughout the overnight is uh, through his family, uh, his uncle specifically, is that he not only needed to be resuscitated on that field, uh, he did also in the hospital. So twice, and that was kind of like, oh, so they that or that, and then of course, uh, then we, we we've learned that you know they they've uh, uh, reduced some of the oxygen needed, so that was a, a good sign, I think, on that. Still, I don't think out of the proverbial woods, uh, from the latest that I've seen from a few hours ago. I know they had placed him on the on his stomach to alleviate some of the things and get you know there's just things that you're doing to try to get the body back and breathing and all of that. So. I think the last reports, unless you guys have seen anything different, is certainly leading to more optimism than anything else, which I imagine that there could be a setback any time. Who knows? But the last I've seen was has lent itself to right. more optimistic. I agree. Right? Is that what you got, Derek? Yeah, right? That's what I'm kind okay. of sensing, which is good. I mean, because we weren't hearing anything for about 24 hours. and So, yeah, that's good. It's it's, it's a positive. That, and we can... It's not in one of these cases where no news is good news. This might be a right. better situation. We like, needed some news. Get him in a stabilized thing, and then let get breathing on your own. Hopefully, eventually, and all that. That's uh, that's what we want to. Uh, that's all you want to see. Uh, the NFL, as we know, and, and and Derek's conversation with Ryan. We'll get into some of this too in the second half hour with Ryan O'Halloran that you'll hear. Uh, but the NFL is uh, right now uh, has not come out and and said what they're going to do with the suspended game. Only thing we know is that Week 18 is going on as it's planned. A couple of games on Saturday. The rest will play on Sunday. And it would lead this to Sunday night. Chatting with two-tall Tom Shemansky, diehard Packer fan, as you probably know. And we're going into – we're kind of giving Tom Guff going, uh, well, of course Green Bay's got the late game. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, it's a better game. I said, I know, Tom. It's, it's, it's yep. the game. It's going to lend itself. So if, if, if Seattle loses – to the Rams in that three, I think that's a three-year, 325. Yep. If they lose, obviously, now that Detroit Green Bay has really mm-hmm. got everything at stake, you know, whoever wins that is 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 good to go. If Seattle wins, sorry, Detroit, once again, you know. You're out. You're out. But to Tom's point, he says, yeah, but Detroit would like nothing better than to cancel Green Bay's True. opportunity. So I don't know how They'll you play guys, hard. Yeah, I don't know how you guys want to see it kind of play out from um, you know, say, you know, six o'clock Sunday night to ten o'clock Sunday night as regards to the the playoffs. But uh, which don't you think the first scenario is, is the one? 
And, and Seattle's not going to lose. I mean, right? Th- unfortunately, they're probably not going to lose to the Rams. Probably not, but you never know. Game is in Seattle? Yeah, it's in Seattle. Oh, that'll be tough, yeah. And I think the Rams have, unless, unless Baker just has a game of games, but, yeah, I don't. They have very little to play for. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's how it plays out. Uh, uh, text in, it says, Pedro Martinez, June 3rd, 1995, had a perfect game through nine innings versus San Diego. Yet didn't get the win until the tenth inning when he actually gave up a hit to Bip Roberts was pulled for reliever and got the win. Got the win. So yeah, that's Ouch. A, and that's a <laughs> that's a thing on that. Uh, we got a text here that somebody uh, uh, sent the uh, Nathan Bresky. Okay, who was the head athletic trainer for the Bills. Actually uh, went did his undergrad work at Northern State University in, in Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Right. Yep, and then he uh, went. Uh, became a doctor of physical therapy at the University of Nebraska and has uh, he was the assistant athletic trainer for the 49ers for a while, was the head trainer for the Bears for about three years, and then has been in Buffalo since 2018. And How he about was, that? Uh, he says, Jack, this is the man who saved the life. Wow. How about that? Thank you for that That's text. That's really cool. Appreciate that. 35270 uh, is our text. Appreciate that. There's one thing we learned, and and we shouldn't take for granted is is the is the athletic trainers that are out there that just go by their wayside. We never get really recognized much during the course of any event. Uh, you know that we just see them go out there with this, and they kneel down and they're checking, their, and and oftentimes go by without any acknowledgement. And uh, that's a that's a tremendous text. Had no. Did you guys have an idea of that at all? No, I did not. That's news. That yeah, was good. Yeah, appreciate that. We're gonna take a time out. Uh, and and Brad will tell you why you should be pulling for Detroit. <laughs> coming up, coming up after I the break. I will see you guys tomorrow. Oh, you heading out, buddy? Right. Safe fight. Uh, talk safe to you fight, TD. Um, ask for extra Bischoff uh, crackers <laughs> <laughs> or wafer cookies. Right. You ever do that on a, a plane, Brad? His mind is like. It's always the choice, and it's not like they're offering you steak or lobster, right? No offense to the airlines, right? Here. Right. It's a, it's a cookie, or the or a pretzel, and the pretzels right. there's like four pretzels in the little bag, and then the cookies. The thing I kind of like those cookies, though, I, yeah. right? But it's like, why is it not both immediately? You know, it's like either or. It's like, not like you're have... going. Would you like the steak or That's the right. lobster? Going well, I'll have the steak. <laughs> this one is like, would you like four little pretzels or two little cookies? Like I always go. Can I have both? <laughs> sure. Well, you should have just thrown that at yeah, me in the first place. Why didn't you just ask me in the first place? <laughs> we'll take a time out. And I'm not lying. Brad and I will both discuss why why you should be pulling for the Detroit Lions uh, in the in the to to make the postseason and not just that make a run in it. After this, uh, Rhino Halloran also with Derek Hansen coming up in the second half. Our beat writer for the Buffalo Bills. That and more. Your text. Excellent job today so far. Three five two seven zero. You're filling that up with a and we still won or. And we lost the game. Something of those natures. We're back with more after this on 740 The Fan. You know, I have that text. Uh, my, my, one of my broadcast colleagues and, and broadcast partners, Tom Dosh, who spent many years at Northern State, uh, let me know, too. Our text that came in about Nate Bresky, the athletic trainer there for Buffalo that saved the life of, uh, of, of, of DeMar. Uh, uh, he's, and Tom Senning is a uh, Nate is, a, is an NSU football alum, Webster, South Dakota, originally. Got to know him, been exchanging texts. Can you imagine the feeling of saving someone's life? 
I mean, Brad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying, and you referenced a couple, you know, that that you've either been at a game or yep. calling it whatever you yep. mentioned the the uh, the Shrine yeah. game. Yeah, and, yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, and again, it's your job to attempt to. You know, it's your it's it's that thing. But I it's just amazing that people like that. So, like for the Nate Breskies of this world, yep. my goodness gracious, that's uh, an excellent text. Kind of like a cop or a firefighter. You don't right. know when you're called to duty, but. You better be ready when the, the time comes. We've so. had that. We've had that locally in town with 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 fans that have either uh, succumbed to something and no. be resuscitated on there. It's just an amazing. Again, uh, we work with athletic trainers often in our business. And I'll go. They are so underappreciated in 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 the world of sports. We talk about the players, the athletes, the uh, girls, boys, men, women, college, this, that, pros, this, and that, and the tra- like athletic trainers. Rarely get mentioned, for goodness sake. So, yeah, I'm glad that t- I'm still – I appreciate the text. 35270 yep. is our text club. We, I did ask the question, uh, the thing, and we still won the game. Ready? Yeah. The Langdon Men's Amateur Basketball Tournament Talk at least to 20 years ago. Talk to me, Brad. In the lobby on the phone after game one. Yeah. Honey, we scored 127 points. Yes. But we lost. Oh, no. 152 to 127, <laughs> and Baki Service won the tournament. Oh, well, Baki service, Baki service has always been good. Yes, they're uh, apparently uh, they're, they've got to be a juggernaut. Is that a <laughs> Langdon men's? So I'll have to ask. I'll ask Jake the next time I uh, yes, next time ask, I see him. Ask the cool man. Uh, one fifty-seven. They gave up. You said one fifty-two to one twenty-seven. Oh, okay. Scoring one hundred twenty-seventh. Man, and lost the really game. Nobody playing any defense in uh, the Langdon men's <laughs> amateur basketball tournament. <laughs> Were you? That's the old joke of the, the coach that uh, calls it down like 52 to 4 going, okay, the zone's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to try need, man now. We need to switch some things up over here. I promised you, I, uh, Brad and I can, can say that I get you have your allegiances in the NFL. And, and right now, by the way, with everything, and you'll hear more from Ryan, the beat writer for the Buffalo Bills, coming up with a conversation with Derek. Uh, because one could make a case for Buffalo. Buffalo, from the weather that has attacked that, from various things out of sports that has happened in the Buffalo community, some tragedies that have happened there. We talk about you know shooters and weather and, and this, and now the, the latest um, uh, incident. So you could make a case certainly for Buffalo, and we all know about Bridesmaid, 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 of which our, our friend Phil Hans was part of that stuff. So you can make a case for Buffalo to be rooting for. What's not to like about Josh Allen? What's not like to like about the upstart Bills? What's not to like about a team that's not from a you know major, major market? Yeah, but it's in New York, but it's not New York, New York. You know, you can make a case. But I'm here to tell you, and it's not just because our 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 GM is a Michigan guy and was was a Lions fan, but slowly becoming, I think, a Vikings fan now. But when you look at, 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 I guess, what, Brad, futility or, or droughts, uh, words like this that come in to play, and we have some, some background on this, but uh, Detroit has waited a long time. In fact, let's just go to, uh, let's just go to playoff wins. Um. 91, I think, Brad. Beat the Cowboys, if I remember right. Thank you for that. Sorry. <laughs> so, really lost to Washington to uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Is that, so, the, is that the last win? So they have they have waited. Yeah, the NFC Divisional game, 19, they have waited 31 seasons. Detroit, 
since their last playoff game win. Now, they made it a few times in the 90s. Cause you remember, like, the NFC Central at the time was a lot of 9-7, and 10-6. and six. Your memory is good. 1991, lost the NFC Championship game to Washington. 93, lost to Green Bay wildcard. Yep. 94, lost to Green Bay wildcard. 95, lost to Philly wildcard. 97, lost to Tampa Bay wildcard. 99, lost to Washington wildcard. 2011, lost to New Orleans wildcard. 2014, lost to Dallas wildcard. 2016, lost to Seattle wildcard. Again, the Detroit Lions, 31 years since their last playoff win. Are you pulling for them yet? Well, let's move on, Brad. Let's yeah. go to uh, what would be the next uh, maybe thing. How about your last Super Bowl or NFL championship appearance? Not anything else, just appearance. Detroit, 65 years. Their last appearance, it was the 1957 NFL championship game. And, of course, they won that one versus Cleveland, 1957. The drought is there. Tell me why Detroit is not the story here if you're just someone that wants to root uh, for the underdog that never been there. And and it's Detroit. It's it's blue-collar. It's layoffs and this and hard times in the auto industry and, and getting a job. It's it's Detroit. It's I was just in Detroit not long ago. Mm-hmm. It's a proud city. It is they they love their they they're proud, Brad. Are we making a case yet? How about how about what's left? How about um franchise postseason droughts? Yeah, well, that's the thirty one years for Detroit and, and Washington, by the way, is is in that category too. I'm just Isn't trying. that hard to believe, though? It is. Such a proud franchise and how good they were right. in the 80s. Think of even the 70s. Even the 70s. And think of what Detroit has. Uh, all Vikings fans are going to go, it's enough with the Detroit. Give them their, up and, give them the, give them their credit here. Here's a team, not to mention that Todd Wash, Newtown, North Dakota, defensive yeah. line coach, my old buddy yeah. there, Todd. So, I mean, there is um, there's a reason. If you are not. If you haven't adopted a team, you know, and you're just coming in it from a total area of, I want someone to to root for, something that I could even join and be part of a celebration and, and all that. Now, Viking fans can say, you know, we haven't exactly won a Super Bowl. You know, we maybe have done it before the merger and we became the Super Bowl and had some success in that. But the last appearance... In a soup, the last appearance in a Super Bowl, Detroit sixty-five years, the Jets fifty-four years, the Browns fifty years. Next up, the Vikings. Yep, forty-six well, years. Nineteen seventy-six. Yep, that's right. Lost of course lost the, of the Raiders. Raiders. Yep. Um, so, Brad, can, can we make a case? Can we make a case for Detroit being the team that we want to see? The Rams beat Seattle, and Detroit. Defeat Green Bay, and then not only do that because getting in is one thing, but sure. I just read over these numbers of droughts. You know, not not just getting in, but actually winning. To I guess be a seven seed, yeah, you would be seven, and then playing perhaps San Francisco. That's probably where it's leaning, and somehow catch lightning in a bottle. Well, if 
you always get in the tournament, you have a chance. <laughs> what I do you think? It's a great chance, but you have a chance. Brad, right, do you got any other ones that that we should really be? Uh, you know, so I mean, talking is, about football, yeah, or football, just, NFL, any any uh, other? You know, from from a city standpoint or community standpoint, I had that those numbers too. I guess maybe I didn't uh, bring those down, but from just like a, you might have those from a from a region or a city. The last time they've experienced. Uh, you know. Well, have the Bills been, I mean, obviously they've kind of come back into form the last couple of years, but has it been long enough that you think of the Super Bowl losses in the 90s? Has yeah. that been long enough for people? Oh, you're right here. I found my sheet. Here's uh, cities or regions awaiting their first Super Bowl crown. So again, uh, Detroit, you know, 57. You know, they played in the 91. Buffalo, 57. We mentioned bridesmaid, bridesmaid, mm-hmm. bridesmaid, bridesmaid. Atlanta, even though they're not, you know, this. But Minneapolis, St. Paul, 57. Oh, well, they have to be. You know, so I mean, so so maybe. Because Cleveland got their championship with the Cavs. 55 they've years. Been, oh, yeah, for basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah they've right. been close. They've been close with the Indians slash Guardians. They were really close in 16 against the Cubs. That's the other thing about Detroit. You know, they've had their moments. I mentioned seeing Kirk Gibson this summer. I mean, mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, there's been some spots there. You know, the the bad boys, you know, you can right. go to. Red Wings have, you know, Red Wings Red certainly. Wings have hoisted the cup a few times. But there's something about the NFL. There's something about that 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 football championship, you know, that, that, is, that is there. I guess if, if you want to do that, I mean, maybe you would go to Minnesota then. Maybe, maybe maybe everything I just talked about Detroit football specific. If we broaden that scope out and talk about cities that have numerous, multiple professional sports franchises, well, then maybe Minnesota certainly does come into the equation. Anything, does it not? Anything in Arizona? Well, like I said, the Diamondbacks, but that's been twenty years now. Yeah, two thousand one. Amazing how the time. Suns haven't done much. The Coyotes haven't. Uh, the Cardinals got to Super Bowl. They lost to the Steelers, but that's been. Mm-hmm. At least a decade, about and, close to fifteen years. So. And some of these obviously have have changed uh, in a location. Some mm-hmm. of the the team names have changed locations. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Miami Heat had a little bit of a you know Miami Heat were in play when they had the big three there that that were, they were doing their thing. You know, Philadelphia obviously has has had recently a you know a comeuppance so sure. to speak, obviously, and getting it done. The Phillies certainly are. So it's not like Philly is the. No. It's not the woe is Philadelphia we're talking about here. Uh, Dallas is Dallas. You love them, you I'm hate them. Miami with the Dolphins. Ooh. 72 is a pretty good year. That was, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, let's see. They got to his, the last time they've been to a Super Bowl is what? Eight, uh, Boy, with, the, with, the Mark, with the Marx brothers. Yeah, so with speak. Marino, and he was very uh, early in his career. Yeah, I. Uh, well, Miami had the 2000 AFC wild card. Uh, was their last playoff win? Boy, twenty years. <laughs> that proud franchise. Think about that. So they've gone twenty-two years since their last playoff win. Yeah, that's a good call. But I would think the Cardinals, even going back to like St. Louis, I mean, that was not a great. I mean, they were maybe sneak into the playoffs every so yeah. often, but they didn't win very often in the postseason. And I was a big, uh, I was a Cardinals fan because I liked. Um, Senior circuit, and I and I like the way that when you had uh, you know Willie McGee and, and even Tommy Hur up the middle, and obviously Ozzie Smith, you know, and you had Jack Clark was really in some of those teams yep. the only power that really uh, was there. But they had you know then they, then you go to the arms. They kind of str- yeah, they struck lightning in a bottle in two thousand six. 
yeah. won the World Series yeah. that year against the Tigers. But I'm going back like the NFL, like, you know, Arizona had that one, you know, they've had oh, a couple yeah. of good years. But I mean, you look at that franchise's history. Oh. Been a lot of uh, a lot of success. They've had seven years. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals since their last playoff win that was the 2015 NFC Divisional game. You know, but they lost the uh, the championship to Carolina in 15. They lost a wild card in 21 to the Rams um, in there. But yeah, Lions, Dolphins. You know, the Raiders. Well, 20 years since the Raiders' last playoff win. So the, if you just jumped in, we were talking about you know who. Who, if if you don't have a pony in the race, so to speak, uh, would be good to jump on board just because of the drought slash and everything that comes uh, comes along with that. Yeah. Anyway, you could text that into three five two seven. I was really trying to make a case for Detroit there, and maybe we did. I think you did. Maybe you I, did. I think I mean, you it, stated uh, you stated some very good points. I mean, that party. If that happens, if and I just don't see Seattle losing to the Rams, but there's an yeah. if. You, as right. you said, anything can happen. You never know. Uh, but boy, if that loses, thinking about that game Sunday night, and then all of a sudden, yeah, <sighs> Katie bar the door, <laughs> and then those two go and have and think of Aaron turns the ball over, and, uh, and and Detroit gets up, and Detroit just continues to do what they do, and they get in, and then they lock horns with San Fran, and maybe this time San Fran's defense isn't all that. In fact, they they just yielded thirty four points to the to the Raiders, did they not? As good as San Fran's yeah, defense they did really is, last week, yeah. Um, so maybe a story in you know, there, Really, from the Vikings' standpoint, like they drop to three, they maybe get a better matchup with the Giants perhaps at six. I think that's maybe a better matchup, yeah. maybe at least from a fan's perspective, than, say, you got to play Green Bay or even Detroit because the Vikings split with Detroit and honestly should have could have should have lost twice, very honestly. If you look at the Giants, maybe a task isn't quite as daunting, but then if you win that one, now you got to go to San Fran. Yeah, now you're on the so road. You're kind of, you know. Cutting off, cutting off your nose to spite your face. Tell you what, that's a good line. Tell you what, I'm glad the Vikings, who's not in that six spot, is uh, Bracky Automotive. No, what was it, Bracky? <laughs> oh, uh, Bracky. Let, see, let me go back. It was a Bracky, Bracky. Uh, was, good free, pu- free plug Wednesday today. What was it? Uh, it was Bucky Service. Bucky Service. Yeah, that's they're lucky he's not in the six spot. Because uh, that would take him down. Uh, Ryan O'Halloran, uh, again, West Fargo native. was beat writer for uh, Denver Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars, and now with the Buffalo Bills had a chance to sit down with Derek. We'll uh, hear from him. Uh, what what will the postseason, what can the NFL do? How tough is it? What, what is Roger Goodell and his people talking about right now as far as that? What was the scene like as we talked about the young man from Webster and Northern States Athletic Trainer Nathan Bresky saving the life of the Young Man Monday Night. All that coming up uh, next. It is a Wednesday edition Jack Michael Show. Brad Anderson, Eric Hansen on 740 The Fan. It's time for this week's Fans Finest, presented by Cass Clay Creamery. And the Fargo North boys basketball team has got themselves right in the thick of things in the EDC boys basketball standings. Spartans picking up two wins in the past week. Go back to last Thursday. Makeup game against Devils Lake. They played over the holidays, and Fargo North came away with a 75-57 win over the Firebird, shooting 47% from the floor. Three and double figures led by Jeremiah Sim, 23 points, 5 rebounds. Carter Zeller offered a double-double, 14 points and 12 boards, and Matthew Sam, 11 points and 8 rebounds. And then Tuesday, a big EDC win on the road at Davies. North held an 11-point lead in the first half, saw Davies come back with a big second-half run as the Spartans trailed by as many as nine, but rallied back for an 80-75 win. Jeremiah Sim, 33 points, 10 rebounds, a second double-double of the year. Matthew Sim added 21 points, 5 boards. 
Carter Zeller, 15.6 rebounds. His hook in the final minute gave North the lead for good, but they got some key contributions. David Schilling got a big offensive rebound late in the game as well. Peter Hago came off the bench, 5.4 rebounds. As Fargo North, right in the thick of things in the EDC standings, 4-1 of the EDC, 4-2 overall. Spartans get back into EDC play on Friday as they will host Grand Fork Central. Congratulations to the Fargo North Spartans boys basketball team. They are this week's Fans Finest. Fans Finest presented by Cass Clay Creamery. Before we get to our uh, conversation, Derek Hansen uh, with Ryan O'Halloran, beat writer, Buffalo Bills. Uh, speaking of, there are a lot of local. It's, it's really nice that uh, Tuesdays are full in our metro and around the region with basketball and hockey and, and, and things of that nature. Um, uh, we mentioned on, on the on the get-go, Brad and I were talking on, on like, say, just the EDC boys' side. Uh, Davies goes down, and, and there's really, I don't want to use the word parody, always connotates everybody's here. I just think that it, it might be there, there are going to be some tough outs, and it's going to be one heck of a regional tournament, Brad. Very, right? yes. Uh, I was talking with you know Bart Manson last night, and he says I was you know I know they had a Davies at a tussle with Red River, and they had to come back in the last two minutes and win that game. And he says Red River's for real, and Devils Lake is four and two in the EDC, and Waffen got a nice win last night, and they're always they're always tough in their gym. Manic uh, had like thirty Cheyenne, last night, right? Manic, Manic did, yeah, yeah, Manic did. So uh, South got a nice win over Shanley, and. Um, I still think Shanley's got time to figure it out too. There's and too much. Do. There's, there's too yeah. much talent Luchiria there. Luchiria Kim and Connor Kraft, and they got some guards that can shoot it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the EDC, and, and it was it was you good know, hearing uh, your game last night. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, Central Cast girls. You know Shiloh came in after beating Kindred the other. You know, and then they just drilled them. I mean Central Cast just smoked them wow. in Castleton last night. So I love it. Uh, Northern Cast got a nice win. So they're going to meet tomorrow. That's a big Region 1 matchup and uh, it'll be on uh, 104.7 KFGO tomorrow night. Uh, we'll get to, yeah, I'm encouraged too. You know what's crazy is is uh, you know like I said I moonlight Fargo South public address announcers so, and and now the girls game and before the boys game. So I did both last night in the uh, like 7th graders are checking in and I have to go Six feet, tall, good feet, can shoot, comfortable in their own. I'm like, are 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 our students just getting better at a younger age now? I'm like seven, you know. We talk about like Minots, you know, Bell and, yep. and fricky eighth graders last year. Like I'm like, kids are just like, I mean, I look back at it when I was seventh and eighth grade. I'm still, you know, you're okay, but you're not anywhere near where some of these are. Like they're just advanced. Maybe just the training and, and playing ball, I guess. I don't know. Well, I think part of it, um, just I think some of it is just kind of the training and everything else. They kind of start a little bit younger. Uh, you know, traveling teams are more, oh. you know, more prevalent than they were. A lot of competition, 20, a, lot of, a lot of playing. Five years ago, right. Skill right. camps, you know. Right. I mean, you're, you know, and some people kind of, there's a downside to it too. But yeah, I mean, but I right. think they, they do. For some, they do bring out the best and bring out the talent in some kids. Wow. Um, I mentioned on Couch Potato Radio with Derek Hansen, had a chance to uh, to sit down with Ryan O'Halloran from West Fargo. He's a Buffalo Bills beat writer, and uh, they chatted about everything. You know, DeMar Hamlin and, and, and being there on the scene and, and uh, what do we, where do you go from here? Uh, the conversation. Let's go over to Derek with uh, with Ryan. Ryan, how are you? Good, Derek. Good to join you again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wish it was under better circumstances just previewing the playoffs, but... Uh, Right now, I'm sure the, the NFL world is kind of in a, a, a tizzy as we're talking right now. There's just a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, and I guess you know, I was going to use uh, you know a similar word. They don't know what to do. Uh, 
you know, he's basically, he died on the field. They brought him back. And it was something you've never seen on a field, at least I have it. Uh, many people have it, uh, but uh, he got the best care possible uh, to, you know, to bring him back. You know, now it's, uh, I, think the, I think the league is in a holding pattern because they decided not to resume the Bengals-Bills game uh, this week. It had to be, I mean, you've covered a lot of NFL games. It had to be one of the most eerie feelings that you've ever been in in a football stadium. <laughs> It was, and you know, uh, it was such. A, it was such uh, by football standards, it was such an innocent play. You know, Demar tackles T. Higgins. You know, he hit the turf, but not head first. You know, he didn't get rolled up. Then he gets up. Okay. Well, now you don't see this until the replay. I mean, his his heart was stopped when he was on his feet, and because he's a healthy young guy, that you could do that for two seconds. Then he just fell backwards, and I think the. The two things that you'll remember, one is they're doing CPR on a football field. You know, that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Second of all is when the teammates gather around them, they could not watch. They turned away. They started sobbing. Um, they started, you know, putting their hands over their face. So that's where it became real that they were seeing things that us upstairs through the binoculars could not see. It was a situation, too, where we've seen a lot of head injuries. We've seen potential neck injuries. You know, we've seen that. And you see the thumbs up and you go on a stretcher and then, you know, I hate to use this term, but it's just it's like the show must go on. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's a whole different scenario here when you're talking about CPR. Yeah, and you, you, if you play this sport, there's a hundred percent chance you're going to get injured. So, and I think if you cover this sport and you're a fan of the sport, you become desensitized to it. A guy injures his knee, pat him on the back, game must go on. Same thing with a spinal injury. You know, he has movement in his extremities. Hooray! Let's play football. Uh, he, you know, there was no sign of that. I mean, it took them. I mean, they had to stabilize him on the field just to get him in the ambulance, which was at midfield. So I don't know people listening did not see any of that. ESPN uh, chose not to show 95% of that. But, uh, you know, it was the the hourglass crawled there for about 15 minutes because you just didn't know. And then the teams get sent in. And I think at that point uh, – you know, team, these guys were not ready to play, and they made the other correct decision, which was the only decision to postpone the game. I mean, there's so many things that could go on here because, I mean, this game, you know, the unfortunate part is it means so much too, right? I mean, yeah. and, and, and it's a billion-dollar business. They have to proceed somehow, but it's not going to be easy. No, and that's that's where Goodell, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, is going to, you know, I'm sure he's talking to his kitchen cabinet today. And just for your listeners, um, you know, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals all have a chance at the number one seed in the AFC for the playoffs. That means the only buy, that means two home playoff games. That is critical. And teams play 17 games for that. This game is going to help decide some of that going into week 18. You know, okay, what are the options? Do you, do you, do you push, do you, do you play this game and like we're created week 19, have only one week between the Super Bowl and the, and the conference title games? I think that's a long shot because that's, you're doing that just for one game. Uh, do you freeze the standings and say the Chiefs, you're the number one seed and the Bengals and, and the Bills tiebreakers, you're two and three. Not fair, but that's the reality. Uh, so, uh, I, I have a hard time seeing this game being played because uh, you're getting into, into some bad schedule math. I mean, is there a potential of calling it a tie and moving on? I mean, would the, the clubs agree to that? Or I mean, um, I think I think instead of a tie, they would just pretend it didn't happen. Uh, you know, because it, it probably it may have, it may help the Bengals with the division. In that case, you got to consider it. Uh, the, the Bills have clinched their division. Um, a tie doesn't do them any good uh, in terms of the first seed. Uh, so, 
it, they got to move fast on this one. And I think what they want to do is they want to respect the Bills, respect Demar Hamlin, get some clarity on his condition, and then then say, hey, we got to think about the ball, and because that's what they got to do. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an unfortunate thing, and and uh, you, you hate to compare this to anything else, but. Uh... You know, we've had people, I mean, we've had just a sad story here of someone, you know, passing away at work, but, you know, we had to do radio. And I'm not trying to desensitize any of it, right? I mean, the the world has got to keep spinning. And it's just, it's a tough thing. That's a tough balance because you don't want to go the way of Vince McMahon when Owen Hart, you know, fell from the rafters 25 yeah. years ago and they, they kept on going with the pay-per-view. You got to find that balance. And that's not easy. And I was at that pay-per-view in Kansas City. Were you but, really? Uh, yeah, that's a story for another day, Derek. Oh you know, maybe a maybe a thirty year anniversary we can talk oh about my. that. So, um, in that case, the show did go on, as you said, but you did see signs that that was not a stunt, uh, particularly the way Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross responded. But, but um, about the Bills is at some point, um, I think the players will realize, and it's a cliche: you, you got to play for Hamlin. Well, it, you, you do, but you also have to say. This is a job to do. Everybody did their job last night, and people are saying, "Well, were you, you know, were you overcome with emotion?" No, you're. I was so focused on doing the job and turning in the stuff that it wasn't until you get back to the room at 2 a.m. and say, "Holy crap, what just happened?" Yeah, Ryan O'Hallen with us again. He covers the Buffalo Bills for the uh, Buffalo News, and uh, just let me ask you, uh, just kind of, you you're been around this team now for half the season. You covered the Broncos early on. I, I'm sure. I mean, you kind of get to know the personalities. Just. I'm guessing it from from what you're seeing. I mean, these guys are, you know, they've been a brotherhood since going back to late July, right? I mean, that's just that's all there yeah. is to it. Yeah, I mean, these these players and these coaches spend more time with each other during the season than they do, you know, their parents, their brothers, their sisters. You know, maybe um, you know, they don't see their kids a lot because it's such an all-consuming, you know, 18 week season. So I think that's where the emotion uh, was so strong. Is that this is. Uh, this is one of their brothers on the field. It can really go one way or the other for the team, right? I mean, we saw yeah. we saw this a little bit with the Corey Stringer situation. We thought, well, maybe this will bring them together. And in, in reality, I'm, the sad part about it is the team kind of fell apart. It was Denny Green's last year. And I'm not saying anything like that, but, but we're just kind of talking about the reality of the situation. This is a mental game. And, and if something, you know, as we sit here, there's just a lot of, uh, there's not much change as you and I are talking right now. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is uh, this is not golf or baseball. I mean, this is a violent, violent game where if you're worried about getting hurt, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think that's going to be that's going to be the mental hurdle for this Bills team. They have Super Bowl aspirations. They should, if they would have won, I would have said, "Next stop, Glendale," because they would have been in line for that one seed. So, uh, you know, you know, will it galvanize them? It's probably a tough word to use at this point, but uh, you know they don't need any motivation. This will be a bonus. Well, Ryan, I'm sure I know you got to get going as far as your travel is concerned. It's uh, it's got to be really a, just a, a an emotional thing, and I'm guessing it's really got to be emotional for the city of Buffalo too, because you know sports wise they've been on emotion with this team, and then to see this in front of them too, and, and this is the show right now in Northern New York. Yeah, and you know, talk about this year in the, in the city of Buffalo. You had the mass shooting at the supermarket in May, and then just in the last six weeks, you had a massive snowstorm over Thanksgiving, or a week before Thanksgiving, and last week they had the bomb cycle and 40 people died. I mean, I haven't been home since December 22nd because of the weather. 
So, uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back home. But you know, this is this is a fan base that supports its players, and it's vice versa. The players support this fan base. And just to give you one example, as Hamlin started a GoFundMe over Christmas toys for you know toys for kids. This, his goal was to raise 2,500 bucks. As of this afternoon, it was 3.5 million. Yeah. So amazing. that shows you that shows you the investment that the, the fan base has in these players. Yeah, no question. I think the whole, really, the whole nation and the whole football watching world has certainly been involved in that too. Just uh, really touched by Orion. Hopefully, you do get home and everything is getting a little bit better up there in uh, Buffalo. I do appreciate your time as always. All right, Derek. Take care now. Brian O'Halloran, uh, his conversation on Couch Potato Radio with Derek Hansen, uh, insightful. I'm glad we had a chance to uh, to get that today on the air. Again, he was going over the things that have impacted Buffalo, that community, obviously, uh, from Monday night. Absolutely um, incredible. Hockey tonight, uh, Tampa Bay. This should be an entertaining one with the Minnesota Wild. We'll see what the Wild can do tonight. Yep, late start on that one because it's like on an national TV coverage and, time, yep, right? So about eight thirty-five. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I'll be uh, with you tomorrow night from Vermilion on the Fan. UND Fighting Hawks ladies taking on the Coyotes. It's the old South Dakota trip. So uh, South Dakota and uh, South Dakota, you know, men, women's, and then it's South Dakota State against North Dakota and North Dakota State. So this is always a, a busy week, and Brad's got uh, basketball. Coming up tomorrow, uh, 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 live from Frisco, Derek Hansen, uh, Brad Anderson here. Uh, I'm in Earth, so that'll be tomorrow and Friday. Thanks to our great sponsors on that. Stick around. Common Man is next on 740 The Fan.